Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of the podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Well, we have a great show coming up for you with Mackenzie Monroe. And Mackenzie actually has her own podcast called the Cultivating the Lovely podcast. And she has a Periscope show about Cultivating the Lovely as well. We're going to be talking about both of those as we dig into the podcast. Now, before we get started, I actually have a free gift for you guys. If you head on over to the show notes for this episode, which would be edsnapshots.com forward slash 26, or if you go to edsnapshots.com forward slash better homeschool mornings, like all one smushed together word, better homeschool mornings, you can download my free minimum viable morning guide. Now, I created this guide for Homeschool moms who maybe were having a really tough time getting their morning going, but they really struggle with the idea of having to get up super early and put forth this superhuman effort and kind of do half of their day's to-do list before they get started. You know, there's a lot of information out there on the internet about having a great morning, but it all tries to get us to do so much before we're ready to get started with our day. It wants us to exercise and spend an hour reading our Bible and checking things off the to-do list. And for many of us, we really just want to sleep but we still want to have a great homeschool morning. And that's what the Minimum Viable Morning Guide is all about. It's five simple habits that I use to have my best homeschool morning. There's no exercise in there. There's no required reading of any kind. There's no checking off of a to-do list before you get started with your school day. Just five very simple things that you could do starting the day before so that your homeschool day gets off to a really great start. So go check that out. That's at edsnapshots.com forward slash better homeschool mornings. And you can pick up your minimum viable morning guide there. And hey, one of the great things to do with your homeschool morning is to stop for a few minutes and check out the Cultivating the Lovely show on Periscope. I am going to introduce you to the lady who hosts that show right now. Let's talk to Mackenzie. Mackenzie Monroe is a self-proclaimed lover of what is lovely. At her blog, Bold Turquoise, she writes about daily life with her brood of four children, their learning adventures using the whole books method of homeschooling, and her own journey toward intentionally nourishing and fostering beauty in everyday life. She helps others find and delight in that beauty in their own lives through her daily morning show on Periscope, as well as her brand new podcast called Cultivating the Lovely. Mackenzie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Pam. I am really excited to be here today. Oh, this is going to be so much fun because I got to watch you get started with your podcast. So this is really I know. exciting. For, yeah, um, you were you were my inside line into podcasting, helping me get it all figured out. It was a lot of fun. And then I got to be on the show and we'll include a link to that in the show notes, not only to your podcast, but to my episode so everybody can yes. go over and listen. But let's start today with you telling me a little bit about your family. Okay, well, I have been married to my husband for 12 years. 
at the point we're recording this, it's actually a couple days before our anniversary. So that is very exciting. Thank you. New Year's Eve anniversary. So everybody always celebrates our anniversary. It's very nice. And so then we have four kids. We have a boy, Roman. He is nine. And another boy, he is six named Judah. And then we have a three-year-old daughter, Emerson. And an almost one-year-old Eliana. So our first three kids, all without planning it this way, were three years and 48 days apart, which was kind of crazy. Wow. <laughs> that just happened. And then Ellie came along and just shaved eight months off that schedule. <laughs> so <laughs> threw us for a loop, but it, it's been a lot of fun. And we live on a little 12-acre farm in the Pacific Northwest. We've lived here for almost four years. And it's been a, a big transition for me, but it's been so perfect for our homeschooling lifestyle. And our kids just took to it like fish to water. And I can't imagine now living back in the city because they're just so used to the outdoors and the quiet and the animals and everything. So it's been wonderful. It sounds awesome. Well, tell me how you got started homeschooling. Well, I knew I wanted to homeschool since before I was even married. I remember in junior high asking my mom if she would homeschool me and she was like, what? No. I work and that's ridiculous. I would not be able to teach you anything. And so it's just kind of something that's been always on my radar. And I decided to start homeschooling, like looking into it when I was pregnant with my first son. I'm going to stop you for just a second because I want to know where in the world a public schooled middle schooler gets a bee in her bonnet about homeschooling. Where did you even hear about this? Okay. I was bullied very Uh. badly. In junior high and in elementary school, I was actually bullied so badly that I I was not allowed to go to recess. I There were just like a lot of things that happened that it wasn't just like ordinary bullying. It was like my life being in danger. And oh so gosh. I had to switch schools in junior high. In my first year of junior high, I went to a private school and it went fine. And then the next year, it really turned badly again. And there was another group of girls who really treated me badly again. And so I switched schools again going into high school. And so I just, yeah, I had a bad flavor in my mouth for how school went. And then I actually decided to graduate early because I was just kind of sick of school. So about two weeks into my junior year of high school, I went to my parents and I said, I am going to take extra classes this year so I can be a senior and be done. And they were like, what? No. And so I went into the counselor, I got all the information, I like laid it all before them. I was like, look, no, this is what I'm doing. And I totally shocked them and really threw our family for a bit of a loop. But I did it. I took nine classes, both semesters of my what became my senior year of high school, and I graduated at 17. So I just kind of have always done things my own way, even though I was in public school. So I felt like I could educate my kids better than the education that I received and that I could help them avoid a lot of the heartache and have just like a nourishing environment to grow up in than being in. So that played a lot into it. (laughs) It was really kind of that desperation coming out of the situation you were in that forced you to look for something different. Yeah. And I think the desperation and also just being like, I can get away with so much because I was really good at writing essays and that sort of thing. I I was a straight A student, valedictorian, all of that. But I felt like a lot of it was me being able to talk myself into good grades mm-hmm. and not necessarily knowing anything. And right. so 
especially when I went to college and kind of realized like, I, okay, I couldn't talk myself into good grades as much anymore. And I really wanted a different kind of education for my kids. So that's, that was really what kind of sent me down that path. So when I was even pregnant with my first son, I went to my first homeschool conference and started reading books about homeschooling. And I was just kind of all in from the beginning. And luckily my husband was too. So we never had like that point in time where I know a lot of people do like, oh, having to try to convince the husband or whatever. He was all in and we've always known that we were going to homeschool start to finish and about it. Wow. So you've been doing it from the very beginning. I know that a lot of people also have that like bringing kids home for school from school or having to like reset in their minds like, oh, I'm not going to get this break when they go off to school. But it's something I've never even really thought about because they've just always been with me and I've always known that they would be with me all the time. So I think it kind of saved me in a lot of ways of having to go through this mental transition of, oh, I'm not going to get a break. Like, I just knew (laughs) I wasn't going to get a break. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think some of the people I admire most are those people who, you know, they start with this mindset of, oh, here's my little child and I'm going to put them in preschool and then I'm going to send them to kindergarten. And, you know, all of a sudden, everything just kind of comes to a screeching halt, be Mm -hmm. it first, second or third grade. And they're faced with this decision where, you know, it's not working and they've got to do something for their child. And not only do they have to do the hard job of starting homeschooling when it's Mm -hmm. something they've never they've never thought of doing before. They didn't have the years to research, which can be both good and bad. Yeah. (laughs) But they've also got to change that entire mindset, you know. Mm -hmm. To me, I think those are just some of the bravest people to say, oh, absolutely. this isn't working and we're going to figure out something to make this work for this child. Oh, and, totally. Yeah. I feel like we've kind of gotten off easy in that way because we've never known any different. Our kids have never do- known any different. So we didn't have to add that on top of yeah. That yeah. shift of homeschooling. So yeah. yeah, I feel blessed in that way. I think you're right. That was a great story. Oh, thanks. Well, let me start you off with a multiple choice question. Your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? Would it be A, The Odyssey, B, Little Women, C, Swiss Family Robinson, or D, Lord of the Flies? Okay. I dream of it being like Little Women, but in reality, most days I'm thinking we're facing down Lord of the Flies. (laughs) With maybe a little bit of Swiss Family Robinson thrown in, like living out here on the farm. But especially lately, I'd say there's a lot of Lord of the Flies going on. I you have two be- toddlers, right? I ha- Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And a very defiant six-year-old. So he, yes. Okay. Yes. I love this. We're keeping it real today. <laughs> yes. I'm all about keeping it real. Anybody who follows me knows that I'm all about the realness. So... There you go. Tell me, who is your homeschool hero? Oh, hands down, Sally Clarkson. I love anything she's written, whether it be about homeschooling or not. But I love the book that her and her husband wrote, Educating the Wholehearted Child, Mm -hmm. because it really gives you freedom in homeschooling. I think it takes away a lot of the pressures, especially those of us who are coming out of the public school arena. And even though I thought I didn't, ha- I, that I didn't have all hang up 
from being in school. Like our day had to look a certain way and all of that. It's just been over the last couple of years that I've realized how much of that I really did still carry with me. And I think that educating the wholehearted child allowed me to get rid of a lot of that, get rid of all these things that aren't really necessary for my kids' education that I thought were and come down to their character and reading good books and how you can get so many different quote unquote subjects just from doing a lot of good reading. And that has been tremendously freeing to me to feel like I didn't have to have this packed schedule of all these different subjects and everything that we're trying to cover and thousand different kinds of curricula. And it's just been something that I think my kids, my husband, all of us have really um, been able to kind of take a deep breath once we started implementing more of how they homeschooled. So Sally, for sure. You know, I think that educating the wholehearted child is like beautiful homeschooling for the type A mom. Yes. Yes. Because it has, you know, all these wonderful schedules and ideas and just really Mm -hmm. practical. I'm not sure if it's Sally or Clay, who's like the real practical type A, you know, person in that duo. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably Clay. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I think so. Except I just recorded that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what's so wonderful about it. It's just such a great mix of type A mama. This is what you need. This is all the, you know, it's all organized. So great. All the yes. information you need organized in this wonderful fashion. And then there's this beauty behind it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's that beauty factor that is so prominent and they really give a reason for it. Like Mm -hmm. God is a God of beauty and he created beauty and he wants us to live in that, which is like a lot of times I think that beauty is frivolous. But when you read what they have to say, it really gives it purpose. And I've had another friend who's been kind of going on this lovely homeschooling journey with me over this last year. And we've so seen how adding beauty to what we're doing in our homeschools makes it so much more inspiring and attractive for our kids to want to be learning. And that in itself is a huge shift. And it's so helpful to have that perspective. And I think that Sally and Clay did a really good job of that. And like you were saying, that book is a really good instruction manual for it. And also, I love that every time I go back to it and I think, okay, I don't know how we're doing this. How are we going to figure out how to do you know, spelling or you know, whatever it is? I go back and I look up the, the section that talks about that particular subject and it's like, read good books. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> like, read good books. <laughs> Keep reading more good books. Read more good books. And so it's like, Oh, okay. I just keep reading. Like, we'll be all right. Well, other than good books, what are three of your favorite tools in your homeschool toolbox? Okay. Well, one of them is kind of along the same lines of educating the wholehearted child, which is just this this thing that helps keep me coming back to the core of, okay, this is going to work if we just keep following the plan. And that is Carol Joy Side's Homeschool Made Simple DVDs from Compass Classroom. They are so helpful and really take a lot of the superfluous stuff out of homeschool, again, kind of like educating the wholehearted child and really make you feel like it's doable and effective to homeschool in a simple way. So every time I start doubting myself, I come back to that and rewatch parts of it. I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. We're going to be all right. Everybody's going to be educated by the time they leave my house. And then the other one is actually a lot of it is from you. And that is morning time. This is something, yes, we have been 
implementing mostly like more hardcore this year than in other years, but it's been so effective for my kids. And I love that I can pull all the different ages together and we can get so much accomplished in a really lovely way by doing morning time. So that has been a huge staple for us this year. And then my third one is anything and everything from Kiwi Crate. I love Kiwi Crates. Okay. <laughs> they are amazing. And my we got my son a Tinker Crate subscription for Christmas. We got my daughter a Koala Crate, which is kind of like their preschool crates. And everything we've ever gotten from them is so well done. It's the best supplies. The instructions are completely clear. They can do it all by themselves if they need to. And they've got all these other ways of expanding the learning and I just absolutely love everything about them. Okay, so let's just explain for somebody who's listening who might not have heard of Kiwi Crate before. These are their little craft kits and they are a monthly subscription and you get them in the mail and you open up and everything you need is in the kit. Like yes, scissors, paintbrushes, glue, markers, everything you need to do the little age appropriate craft is included in the kit. And it usually has some kind of theme and a little activity book. And yeah. And a lot of times they'll incorporate like science elements into Mm -hmm. it. So it's not just crafting, like there's actual learning going on. Like when you get the one where you make the, you know, the little glow bugs and everything, then it teaches you about glow bugs and different experiments you can do. And I think our favorite one was we got this ocean one and it had probably three or four different crafts for my kids to be able to do. But then it also had all these floating and sinking. Oh, I think we got that that one where you had the clay and you made it into the boats. Yes. 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 And it had like the the paper that you could draw on and put in the water and see how the colors traveled and dispersed out into their original colors. And there was just so much learning that happened. And everyone from my two-year-old at the time to my eight-year-old at the time got something out of it. And so it was just like this total homeschool mom victory. I didn't have to pull it together. And if I wanted them to, they could follow all the picture instructions by themselves, which is awesome. Love that. Yeah, especially for us non-craftier kinds. Yes. I used to think I was a craft mom until it came to actually doing it. And then I realized I am all about Kiwi Crate. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of us kind of hit this point where in our head, we're a crafty mom. And then when it actually comes time for rubber to meet the road, it's like, "Mm, you know, maybe not so much. Yes. (laughs) The getting everything out, the pulling together supplies, and then the cleanup, like forget about it. Well, tell me, what is your, and I know you're a family who reads a lot of books. So what is your favorite family read aloud ever? Oh, That's a tough one. I'm kind of torn. We've really been enjoying The Green Ember. That has been a really big one for us. And we've we've kind of been doing that slow reading of it. It's taken us a really long time, but my kids have been really invested in it. So that's been fun. Um, But I think ever it was actually one I just did with my oldest son, and it was Black Beauty. Oh, that's such a good book. And there were so many character elements to it that he was able to pull out himself. And we were able to have these deep, amazing discussions with that it just kind of took education to a new level for us. It was the first time, the first year that we were really using literature to be learning from. And I realized like how much more he had to talk about than all these kind of surface level curricula we'd been using in the past. 
And there are still things from that book that he will bring up and be like, you shouldn't drink because <laughs> what's his face got on the horse and ended up killing himself. And it's like, that's a great lesson. <laughs> so I am all about learning character through literature. And that one really stuck for him. So is that the thing that appeals to you most about whole books homeschooling is that it really emphasizes the character? That is a huge component of it for me because I all growing up, I read fiction and I always felt like the biggest life lessons that I learned through reading were more through fiction than nonfiction because it was in story. And I've seen how much my kids have been impacted by story and it sticks with them longer. These things that I was trying to pour into them through textbooks and, you know, other means even really hands-on things of let's make a map of wherever, it still wasn't sticking until I connected story with it. And so I love that they can learn all these different things, character, geography, as long as it's got a great story associated with it. Well, now I know you do something and this was, okay, this is totally unplanned, everybody. I'm putting Mackenzie on the spot and now she's (laughs) Uh sweating bullets over here. (laughs) I want to talk to you more about Traveler's Notebooks. Oh, yeah. You made some for your kids. Are you using those in your homeschooling? Tell me about, just give me an overview of what a Traveler's Notebook is and then what they're, I know we're not doing visual here, and then how you're using them in your homeschooling. So yes, we started using Traveler's Notebooks this year and I had started using them last spring, but then I got this idea like, oh, what if I could make my kids homeschooling somehow more personal and lovely for them. So I decided to actually make them books. Now, Traveler's Notebook is basically kind of like a folder with these elastic bands inside that you put inserts into, which are actually just like really small little notebooks. And you can fit usually up to like six notebooks inside a Traveler's Notebook. So it was really easy for me to be able to put them in there for different subjects and everything. and make one for my kids' planner that has all the different things that they usually have to go off of for that day that they can easily check off. So that is in there and they can decorate the covers and everything and it feels really personal to them. And then they have one that's kind of like a commonplace notebook where we do handwriting and different things that they find from books that they're reading. And sometimes they will either write or I will write it down for them. They have one, like my son has one that's just like different inventions that he wants to make and different recipes he wants to create. And so it's just kind of a place for him to have that all in there. But they got to pick out the fabric that they had the Traveler's Notebook made out of. You can buy them also, but I made them just really cheaply out of vinyl fabric and scrapbook paper. I found a YouTube tutorial by Sea Lemon. I think if you want to look it up, you can look up Traveler's Notebook Sea Lemon. And it has this great, really simple tutorial for making it. And then I bought a long arm stapler off of Amazon for like six bucks. So I'm able to make all of our inserts out of just regular printer paper really easily. And it's just kind of made all of their schooling more personal. It's They have real ownership over it. And plus, because the notebooks are so small, they're usually only 30 or 40 pages. It's not this huge ream of notebook paper that they feel like they have to fill in the year. It's a lot smaller for them to be able to get a grip on. And even the pages are smaller. So there's it's less intimidating. I think they're able to put in more of themselves and feel like it's not this huge thing that they're trying to accomplish. And then when they get done with it, it's really... There's just like this they have over it, like, wow, I filled a whole notebook with my information. And so it's kind of fun to see how they they have this just this ownership 
over it. So it's a very small, silly little thing, but it's really worked well for us. Well, that sounds cool. Now, do you have some posts on your blog that we could link to so everybody could see some pictures? I don't. (laughs) What about a periscope on cat? I do have a periscope, though. So I will give you the link for that. Okay. Yeah. that And that would be great. That's an even better visual, I think, with you giving us a little tour. But that sounds really cool because you're right. It is something lovely. And we're about to talk a lot about lovely in just a minute. But it is something that it's not just a, an old composition book that's lying around. It's something that has value and that they can take ownership of. And then you switch those little notebooks out, right? Yeah. As soon as they fill one, it's just really easy to pop it out and pop a new one in. And that's also the nice thing about the system. If you just want them working in one notebook, it's really easy to just pull it out and be able to lie it flat on the table and give them a really smooth surface to be working on. But it also gives them something at the end of the year, you can go back and kind of see this whole presentation of, okay, these are all the notebooks that they filled over the year of all their different subjects and whatnot. So it's just kind of a a nice way to be able to keep everything together, have kind of a record of their year and have them have ownership over it. Yeah. And you know what else is great about this? Something that we sometimes don't think about, but if you give a little notebook, if you have a a small little notebook like that to a child at the beginning of say their fifth or sixth grade year. And -hmm. they start working on this and they fill it up and then they get to start a new one. That I think is really good for them because so often they get hung up on what the work that they were doing at the beginning of the year looks like. Yeah, yeah. You know, And so they kind of get a fresh start because they're these little notebooks that you just have a few pages, you insert it and then you take it out and you start with a new one. They can certainly see their progress over time, but they also feel like they get a fresh start and they're not kind of bogged down by the sloppy handwriting from the beginning of the year or the fact that they weren't as good of an artist then as they are now or or something of that nature. And it also makes school really portable (laughs) when you've kind of got most of it all wrapped up together in your little traveler's notebook. I mean, for going out doing nature study or even if you've got errands to run or, you know, you're going to be at the doctor's office, it's really easy to just have everybody grab their traveler's notebooks and you've pretty much got what you need. So that's nice, too. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, we will definitely share that Periscope because I think that's kind of a fun idea. Yeah. Well, let's talk about loveliness. Tell me a little okay. bit about cultivating the lovely especially your Periscope show, and then why it's important to cultivate the lovely, particularly for homeschool moms. Well, I um, got started in Periscope last summer. I've been a blogger for years and years and years, but I decided to give this Periscope thing a shot last summer, and I had an idea to start a morning show that was called Cultivating the Lovely. And every day we come on and we talk about the top three ways that we are going to cultivate loveliness in our life. And what that means is pouring the labor, the care, and the study into whatever roles God has given you. And so I started it kind of on a whim, but quickly amassed a lot of women who I realized were having the same inherent need in their life. I think especially as homeschool moms, because we're with our kids all the time, we don't get that break, kind of as we were talking about earlier. And it's really easy to kind of get caught up in the mundane and the frustrations and not trying to look at how we can be adding the beauty to our lives and how that's actually an important and worthwhile thing. And so that's kind of where it sprung out of. And that's what I've been trying to do. And it's, it's a lot of it is me coming alongside the women in the community because I'm right in the trenches with everybody. Like I am trying to dig myself out of the mundane and savor the beautiful also. And so it's just this really fun community that has developed 
of trying to seek out those things and really for them in our lives, realize that they don't just naturally happen, that it's something that we really have to care about. We have to study it. We have to learn how to do it. We don't inherently have these skills and that we have to really pour ourselves and into it and work for it and that it's it's worthwhile. So that's kind of where it all came from. We meet every weekday morning on Periscope, generally starting sometime between 6.30 and 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then out of that came the podcast, which is actually I'd been toying with the idea of starting a podcast for a long time, but then it just kind of flowed really beautifully out of the Periscope show. And so on my podcast, I mostly interview other women who I think are doing a really good job of cultivating loveliness in some area of their life. And I had Pam on the podcast and she talked all about morning time. It was wonderful. And so I have a lot of different subjects that we kind of cover, sometimes relating to homeschooling, sometimes not. And then we're also going into the new year, starting to implement more answering reader questions and listener questions of how to be cultivating loveliness in different areas of our lives and just kind of some other fun things that we're going to be incorporating with the podcast in the new year. But that's kind of what this whole loveliness thing is about. Okay, so I'm going to make you answer some hard questions in just a second. But you also have a Facebook group, right? Yes, we do. We have all of that. If you go to boldtrickways.com and you click on Periscope, you can get to the Facebook group and the show notes from every day and all of that. And so that's a way because I know cultivating the lovely is a lot about community. And so You have your ladies in your community in the morning who are kind of chatting with each other on Periscope during the show, but they're also able to connect with each other on Facebook. Okay, so I want you to get really specific and give me a specific example of how I, Pam Barnhill, can cultivate the lovely in my home. Okay, well, it's kind of taking those mundane things that we have to do anyway and deciding to do them in a more beautiful way. So if I have to do my laundry then I'm going to put on music and have a cup of tea next to me while I fold laundry. And just not, and kind of, it's also about attitude. A lot of it is just deciding I'm not going to hate this today. Like I'm just going to decide that by doing this, I am taking care of my family. And this can be an act of worship to God and how I am taking care of my family. And so it takes this task that is normally annoying and makes it something almost holy. And makes it more lovely. So I kind of attribute that to all of those different areas of, of having to clean or, or just those things with the kids that kind of get frustrating as homeschoolers, you know, those subjects that we don't necessarily want to conquer every day, but teaching our kids like we can make this better. We can do morning time and have a cup of tea while we are learning things and just trying to give our kids this perspective that our attitude coming into something really makes a huge difference. Even if it's not something we like, we can decide to do it well. And there are things we can do to make it more fun or more beautiful. I love that you stress that cultivating the lovely is really like 90% about cultivating a lovely attitude. Oh, yeah. And about 10% about physical space around you. Yes, it really is. And, and there's definitely those physical parts of it that help. It helps if, you know... You have a cute laundry basket or something, but but that's not the end all. It's just that deciding that, okay, I'm going to make this better today. Right. Oh, that's nice. I love it. Well, Mackenzie, I have a pop quiz for you. Are you ready for it? I don't know, (laughs) but I'll take it anyway. Okay. Well, you said you were a straight A student, so I'm expecting good results here. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That was a long 
long time ago. Chocolate or vanilla? Oh, well, you know, it depends. <laughs> oh, she's going to be one of those. <laughs> I know, right? I do one of these on my podcast too. And there's the people who give the one word answer or the people who give the half an hour. Okay. So I love chocolate. I am a diehard chocolate fan. But for things like ice cream, I prefer vanilla with chocolate chips in it. <laughs> Okay. You know, it's really silly, but <laughs> yeah. I've never gotten to that one. Okay. <laughs> pen or pencil? Pen. But I really like the friction pens by Pilot that you can erase. Okay. Talker or listener? I'm a talker. If you can't tell already, I'm such a talker and I need to remedy that. Fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. I love me some good nonfiction, but mostly fiction. Cat person or dog person? Ah, uh, horse person? <laughs> Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Star Wars. Ocean or mountains? Mountains to live in, ocean to visit. Essay or project? Ooh. Um, essay. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> project really as long as it comes in a kiwi crate. Yes. Project <laughs> in a kiwi crate. There you go. Otherwise, if, if it were me, I don't know. I enjoy both, but I can do a really good essay. So I guess I'll go with essay. <laughs> Well, Mackenzie, where can people find you online? You can find me at boldturquoise.com or at cultivatingthelovely.com. And from there, you can find all my links to the Periscope stuff, the podcast, and everywhere else that I am online. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It was lots of fun. Thank you, Pam, for putting up with all my long answers. (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem at all. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And if you would like links to any of the resources that Mackenzie and I chatted about today on the show, head on over to the show notes at edsnapshots.com forward slash 26. We'll have links there to educating the wholehearted child to the tutorials that Mackenzie used to create traveler's notebooks for her kids and also to the creating the lovely podcast and Periscope show. And if you are one of the people who have left a rating or review for the Homeschool Snapshots podcast on iTunes, I would just like to say thank you very much. We really appreciate it when you take the time to do that. If you'd like to leave a rating or review, we've got instructions on how you can do that in the show notes. And I just want to thank you so very much for joining me today. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another great interview. Until then, keep on homeschooling. Homeschooling.